Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So AEW made sure to do a big song and dance about everything they had done at Wembley over the weekend when it came to All In to start this week's episode of Dynamite. And I think this was the correct thing to do. It was an historic event and they should be shouting it from the rooftops until the day we all die. And the only reason we won't know that they are still shouting about it is because we're dead. What? Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to AEW Ups and Downs, because Dynamite did just whack us all in the faces, and as this is an All Elite Wrestling show, I'm just going to put my hands together and say thank you very much for allowing me to have a wonderful time on Sunday. You were all very kind with your words, and I appreciate every single one of you. If I could give you a hug, I would, but I wouldn't, because that'd be weird. Let's up those doubts. Our first match this evening as well was Commander versus John Moxley, and around about eight seconds... Excalibur won the night. Because for some reason, when he was describing the high flyer, he went, ooh, Commander. Like he was the most sarcastic man on the planet. And because I'm a very strange individual, I laughed my ass off. This made all the sense in the world too, because the main event of this evening was going to be Orange Cassidy versus Penta for the international title. Winner, winner of that, defending said championship against John Moxley at All Out. So of course, what we did here is we lit a fire under John's ass so he could have some momentum going into the pay-per-view. Nice and simple. And what better way to do that than by defeating somebody who is the ultimate in flippy dippy doodah wrestling? And given that Commander does come out with Alex Abrahantes, I would just like to shout out Alex for being a very, very nice guy. I'm just going to leave that in the ether. And I'm also going to give a salute to Taz, who at one point during this said, listen, trust me, John Moxley just bleeds in Starbucks. I was laughing again. Jonathan just flubbed Commander up at the start here too, probably because he spells his name with a K rather than the more traditional C. And at one point, he was just raking his back. I always enjoy that. Scratch that thing. Now, I suppose Commander must have a very sensitive rear front because he just went totally nuts as soon as he had done that. And he started to go dive, 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 dive. But you know the deal. If you do do too many dives, the other person figures it out. That's exactly what John Moxley did. Because he made sure that Commander went right into the floor when all of a sudden the K-Dog was reversing power bombs into face busters, which is the most WCW versus NW revenge thing I have seen in ages, when he hit the lung blower for a two count. And I love the lung blower. It's the stupidest name moved ever. It sounds like somebody's going to walk up to you and go, and just blow into your lungs. What's that going to do? Commander then went right into Moxley's knees when he tried his rope walk 450 and he got piled driven as well. And even though Moxley decided, ha ha, I'm going to choke you, Commander didn't want to die. So he wiggled and wriggled. So Mox's like, all right, I'll just put you in an arm bar. And the masked man had to tap out. So this was really fun stuff. And once again, we have now got Jonathan all of his momentum. 
And I think he probably will win that championship on Sunday, which will be a massive deal. So much so, I would make that the main event, giving it an up. Then we've got this really good video with Orange Cassidy talking about how far he's come over the last few years. And we'll get back to the piece of fruit later. Because before all that, we cut to the Young Bucks and they were sat there right after All In. This is the reason the FTR stormed in. They were like, what was that? Out there, we beat you and you wouldn't shake our hands. We find that insulting. The Jacksons were like, well, yeah, of course, we just lost. We weren't particularly in a good mood. Everyone was like, oh, right, yeah, that makes sense. It looked like they were all about to touch skin when Bullet Club Gold walked in. And this Jay White man, he is hilarious. He was like, wait, what are the Young Bucks doing in here? This is a winner's locker room. That is totally not a thing. He also did some maths and realized, wait a minute, there's four of you and there's four of us and none of us like each other. So why don't we have a match at the pay-per-view? And I started shouting, yeah, we should do that. Before I got embarrassed, nobody could hear me. So of course this did absolutely come out of nowhere. But look, if you are going to have one pay-per-view on one Sunday, another pay-per-view on another Sunday, you're just going to get bouts like this. And can we really be mad about it? I don't think so. This will be totally fabo. When the best new character in all of professional wrestling arrived, and I mean it. Because for the last few weeks, as we have seen, Tony Storm has just been having a meltdown. And because of that, she is now in the contendership for the best where the hell did that come from gimmick maybe we've ever seen. It was even worse here when Reddy Paquette was interviewing her because not only did she lose it all in, not only is her outcast group totally screwed, ooh, but now she doesn't have any friends. So at one point she just shouted, ah, it's all gone tits up. This rules. She also doesn't trust anybody now because everybody is out to get her and she doesn't even trust her shoes. So she took them off and she threw them at Renee. I'm sorry, once again, this has just come from the nether realm but it is absolutely brilliant. So much so, I am just giving it an up. We have to go all the way with this goofy wrestling for life. And around about this time, I was once again filmed with warm and fuzziness in my tum-tum because I looked out in the crowd and there was a sign and it just said, give it an up. And given that I am a robot, I'm absolutely going to do that so you do get an up. And once again, when we do tie this into the weekend, well, I just feel very grateful in my tootsie toes. Thank you very much. Straight after this too, it was time to find out what Chris Jericho was going to do. Because obviously he was a sad panda. He just lost to William Ospreay. Now he was very happy about the weekend and called it one of the best moments of his life. And he made sure to put over the actual paid ticket number, which was just over 81,000 people. Now look, I don't care about records or anything like that. This is impressive no matter how you take it. We should be sending all the praise to All Elite Wrestling. Given that he had lost it with Sammy Guevara after his match, he did ask Sandboy to come to the ring. He was like, look, man, you know, I lost. Wasn't in a particularly good mood. I shouldn't have yelled at you, especially because I have seen the footage. And you did hit Osprey with a baseball bat. Just didn't work out. They then did indeed shake hands and Guevara was all like, oh man, I knew that our friendship would never end. I was having so silly. That's I was like, "Ah, boy, you shouldn't have said that. This dude is going to murk you. We started teasing this instantly as well because Jericho was like, well, maybe I should have done this and maybe I should have done that. And maybe you should have hit Will a bit harder with Floyd the baseball bat. So Sam was like, oh, really? Well, maybe you 
should have hit him a little bit harder with the Judas effect. I was like, man, this is a schoolyard playground argument. My dad can beat up your dad. Guevara also reminded Christopher that he flew all the way from the USA even when his wife was pregnant. So maybe he should be a little bit more grateful. And also, if I hadn't have been by your side, Chris, maybe I would have been on All In myself. You better show me some damn respect. Sam then totally lost his mind and reminded Chris Jericho about that time he lost the damn AEW world title. When Jericho calmed things down and said, look, I've got a much better idea than this bickering wickering. Why don't we get back together properly and go after the AEW tag team titles? Where'd I come from? I mean, that is like, oh, hey, Brian, how you doing? Jeez, I don't want to be your friend no more. Interestingly, Sammy did agree to this. And here's what we should do. We should make this the opposite, whatever that means, of the MGF Adam Cole stuff. So don't eke it out. Don't tease or anything. They should do one match and Chris Jericho turn around. He should just punch Sammy Guevara right in the face and say, ha ha, now you've learned your lesson. It also means that we can then start pushing Sammy Guevara properly. So there you go. whoop de doo Bob's your uncle. Unless his name's Steve. And it's definitely the right decision, all things considered. Because don't forget, Chris Jericho is a massive star. Casual fans still know who he is. And as Nick Jackson said on his Instagram page, they see Chris Jericho as the Hulk Hogan of AEW when Hogan was in WCW in the sense he's right at the top. So I think this should be very entertaining and I do enjoy these two working together. They do have good chemistry. Giving it up. We were then backstage with the Blackpool Combat Club after this and John Moxley made a bunch of dog references so he could end it with you not gonna believe my bark or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. All of that is okay though, because right after this, we did go to Wheeler Utah versus Eddie Kingston for the NJPW Strong Openweight title. And they just whooped each other's butts. I do want to give another shout out to these two for just being super good human beings outside of the ring. Although apparently if you say that about Eddie Kingston, you go on to his hit list. And you know the deal here. The bell went ding, ding, ding. <laughs> he just tried to kill this guy. Well, actually, Wheels went up to him and slapped him right around the face. And because Kingston did have a bit of a wounded elbow from that stadium stampede, you two was like, ha, 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 I now know your weak spot. I'm going to focus on this. I mean, he did have him ground him at one point until Kingston was done with this. He was like, man, I don't want to be in any more pain. So he stood up and he slammed him in the jaw. And then fired up with all the chops and hit an exploder. So Wheeler Utah then hit a German suplex. So Eddie Kingston was like, well, any suplex you can do, I can do better. And he hit him with a suplex. <laughs> this is wonderful. It's wrestling tennis. Wheeler then did come back with all those clubs to the face because the BCC loves doing this. But the problem with Eddie is that he also enjoys the pain. Well, that's how it comes across. So he got to his feet. He hit every single back fist you could possibly imagine. Wheeler Uta was done. He was all knocked out. One, two, three. So this was a very short but fun match. And it made me laugh too. Because Claudio Castagnoli came out after this. And he saved his buddy. And he never once looked at Eddie Kingston. And Eddie was furious about this. The damn disrespect. Also, I want to continue throwing out the positivity as well. And say thank you to Mr. Castagnoli for some very kind words he did share with me at the weekend. And look, we just have to get to Eddie versus Claudio as quickly as we can. They've got history. They've got a story. And you just know the match is going to be absolutely badass. Giving it up. When it was time to follow up on the all-in main event. Yes. So as many have said over the last few days, MJF has just become untouchable now and is one of the most important assets that All Elite Wrestling has. And here, he and Adam Cole were in the locker room. Maxwell was like, damn you, Adam, damn you. You made me wrestle twice in the same night. 
and I didn't like it. He also mentioned that Tony Khan had told him that there was going to be a battle royal on Rampage, and the winner of that thing would challenge them at All Out for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. So look, I'm going to give you the best life advice now. Find somebody who loves you as much as Mr. Khan loves a battle royal, and you will be in a relationship for life. It's also the same with tournaments, because yep, we're also going to have another one of those, and the winner of that will go on to Grand Slam in New York, where they will challenge Maxwell Jacob Friedman for his AEW World Championship. So we're just doing everything. Because of all this, though, Friedman is going to take some time off, and he's going to go to Paris and bang some rats. That's what he said. I didn't say that. I'm just repeating him. He will then return to the company, and of course, these two shall retain their titles when they hit the kangaroo kick. And this was just good teasing for what is coming down the line, especially because we were about to have a damn good segment with Adam Cole. But MGF has just found this babyface character, and it is so damn good. Give him it up. When we did get some more teasing right in the armpit. Because Reddy was indeed talking to Sammy Guevara, who was getting very excited about his future when Don Callis walked in. Uh He was basically stirring the pot and saying, see, you cannot trust Christopher Jericho, when Sam shut him down and was like, look, I think you're a massive goober. I'm never going to listen to you. You should just buzz off. He also told him to beat it before he started to moonwalk. That bit didn't happen. So surely this is the direction that we do have to go in. I suppose Chris Jericho could screw over Sammy Guevara and Sam could join Don's family. It's a little bit too convoluted. Just keep it really simple, stupid. You can do it the other way. Then Guevara goes, ha, 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 I am in with Callus. Then you can go back to that feud. I mean, why the flub not? And then, as we just said, it was time for story time with Adam Cole. Damn it. He was just his super good self to start with as he talked about the all-in weekend. You could just see. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. He meant every single word. He too had had the time of his life. 
very grateful for all of it. It wasn't all awesome, obviously, because he didn't win the AEW World Championship, but at least now he can focus on the ROH Tag Team titles. When out came Roderick Strong and the Kingdom, and honestly, these three guys, they have been given the ball and they are flipping running with it. It was also super ballsy because nobody had mentioned their names and they were still walking out and interrupting somebody. And given that Adam Cole had said, man, I'm so worried about MGF's neck, Roderick was like, ah, oh, I see. You care about his neck, but nobody cares about mine. I tell you, unhinged Roderick Strong as a character is damn, damn good. Adam then blamed this change in attitude on the fact that he's hanging out with Mike Bennett and Matt Taven too much. When these guys jumped in, they're like, Pfft. Why are you acting like you don't know us, Mr. Cole? We used to hang out all the time in Ring of Honor. And actually, if it wasn't for us, you probably wouldn't be where you are today. They even mentioned that they'd gone to each other's weddings and hanged out playing Nintendo. But this is the problem with Adam Cole. What he does is he attaches himself to people where he thinks he could benefit because he is nothing but a leech. And that's why he's doing all this stuff with MJF. It's all to benefit Adam Cole. He also had this great line about the fact how he left them high and dry in Ring of Honor because he was chasing that Bullet Club cash. And because Cole is the sweetest guy ever, he was like, look, man, that's not true. I do love you guys, but if you want me to be honest, MGF just isn't my friend. He's my best friend. That was it. I was gone. Water out of my seeing devices. The looks on these guys' faces, too, were absolutely priceless. It was like your girlfriend saying, sorry, I've been sleeping with your dad. What? Strong then totally flipped out and was all like, right, that's it. I am going to enter that world championship tournament and I'm going to do what you weren't able to do and I shall defeat Maxwell Jacob Friedman. I was like, oh my gosh. Now he's got another side to this character, Petty Roderick Strong. Instantly, Adam was worried because, of course, Roddy's neck is not in a position to do this. But Strong was like, I don't care about my neck. What I'm going to do is I shall break everybody else's neck. Maybe I'll break yours too. This absolutely rules because once again, we are using one story to highlight a bunch of other guys and bring them into the narrative. And that's just good pro wrestling. And I'm still convinced that Adam Cole is going to turn on MJF. This is such a good red herring and it's kind of making me think, well, maybe I'm wrong. So it's a massive round of applause. These guys are doing really good work. Uh, when we just got a random tag team match, I was like, man, we got to figure this stuff out. So I did. Ever wonder why a man has a hat on his head and then all of a sudden there's a strange camera cut and he's wearing a shoe on his skull instead? Well, sometimes, much like in professional wrestling, in life, stuff just happens. So if you're wondering why there was just a random tag team match on AEW Dynamite this week, please call us on 0800 Stuff Just Happens. Somebody is always willing to take your call. I was actually quite pleased, though, because it was Nyla Rose, who's finally back on television, teaming up with Marina Shafir and Emi Sakura to take on the very interesting team of Chris Statlander, Sheeda, and Britt Baker. And as Sheeda was about to learn, you probably shouldn't team with Britt. You two are never going to be able to get on. Now, as AEW does like to do, this was just our fun match of the evening, but I am never going to get mad about that because do not forget, the word F-U-N is the most important thing when it comes to sports entertainment. I mean, nobody turns on looking to have a bad time. Not true. There's always one guy that definitely does do that, but that person is crazy. Sakura and Sheeta started off as well, and as usual, I was like, man, these two could fight forever when Britt Baker tagged in there to hit the sling blade. This is when Marina Shafir was casting distraction, so Nyla Rose 
both could get in there and murk everyone, and all of this happened in around about eight seconds. It was super duper smart as well, though, because of course we were just building up for the hot tag, which went to Chris Statlander, and this is what we should be doing. She's the damn TBS champion. Sadly, Rose and Sakura were waiting for her, though, so they just flattened her at one point. When the tag klaxon ha went off, when of course it all went bad, because Sheena and Bit Baker were trying to work together, and the dentist was about to hit a super kick on Marina, who got out of the way meaning Baker hit Sheeta instead. I don't think Sheeta's going to get over this and nor should she. Rose then tried to level up, but Statlander had actually taken her med pack, so she held everybody out of the ring. She climbed to the top rope and just hit this majestic crossbody. And what I really liked, she just grabbed Shafir, she threw her in the ring, she hit the Wednesday Night Fever, and she got the one, two, three. I was like, man, that is so badass. You assassinated everyone, and then you took somebody else out for good. Thankfully, this did tie into the post-match too, because Sheena was all like, Britt Baker, what the flub were you doing? Britt was like, ah, ah, I'm not 100% sure. But because they weren't paying attention, Ruby Soho then turned up. She jumped Chris, because of course those two are going to have a match at the pay-per-view, when eventually Britt Baker and Sheena got in the ring, and they chased her away. By this point... <laughs> Ruby had the championship and was just going, ha, 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 I'm going to win it. She's like a comic book villain. Still, I thought all of this worked well. And once again, there are multiple paths that we can take. Let's make sure that we keep on taking them. Up. Which is when I pop huge, which once again always makes me strange because I watch these shows by myself. But we had a video for Shane Taylor, who is indeed going to be at All Out. And he's taken on Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor TV title. Yes, so I don't know if this is a last minute shift or Taylor is about to get a mega push, but I tell you, this dude absolutely rocks and totally deserves it. And if nothing else, Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor means big men slapping man meat. So we could and should have a lot of fun with this and go kick his ass, Taylor. We cut to Don Callis and to Kester, and because the Kester is taken on Kenny Omega on Sunday, they were quite literally highlighting all of Kenneth's weaknesses. Because Don actually had x-rays of Kenny Omega's back and Kenny Omega's neck and was saying, listen to Kester, if you smash him here, he's going to go down. And if you smash him there, he's going to go down. He even had highlights from All In with the Kester blasting people in the damn head. I was like, yeah, you should definitely do that again. He also has a backup strategy too which is to use the screwdriver. So we have no choice, bring it down. There is the crime counter. Once again, go out into public and just shout, I'm going to murk somebody with a screwdriver. All of a sudden, a couple of police will turn around and go, oh, you come on, you'll go to jail. Still though, there is every chance this could be the match of the night, because do not forget, they're both really, 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 really good. Fair play to whoever decided on the next segment too. I mean, on the rung of order, it literally could have said, warm and fuzzy in the tum-tums. Here came the acclaim. Now, this was just a massive celebration because they had won the trio's titles at All In. Billy Gunn even broke the fourth wall here. It was like, oh man, we've got to be quick because we don't have a lot of time. When Anthony Bowens welcomed us to the House of Ass. <laughs> Boy, did I laugh. And I said, man, we better not let any kids in here. It was just a feel good moment though. It made you love these guys even more, especially when they showed off their brand new trios championships. Now, not only are they a wonderful shade of pink, but when it comes to the back of them, they can actually scissor. I don't know who came up with that idea, but somebody give them a medal. They're also gonna defend these championships on this week's episode of Collision when they just had a big old scissor party. So riddle me this, my friends. Who the hell doesn't love the acclaim? Because sometimes you do just want to have good times and I shall continue my secret shout outs here and just say Anthony Bowens. What a lovely dude he is. But yeah, this just made me go, oh, you guys are super duper great. 
giving it up. Which did indeed bring us to our main event, Orange Cassidy versus Penta for the international title. What a damn roller coaster. I mean, you've already got the story here because Penta knows that the piece of fruit is in trouble after all his defenses. So he was just like, I'm going to break you into a million pieces. Although early on, Orange did use his pocket power. He was doing all right. The issue though ties back to what we said earlier because he went for a dive at one point and Penta grabbed him, just hurled him into Barry Barricade. I was like, man, that looked like it sucked. Now, as we know, very sadly, we did hit 100 assaults for Barry, so he has gone to the great guardrail in the sky, and in a week or so, we will do his big send-off. And look, you trust me, Simon Miller. If you ain't into crying, you ain't gonna wanna watch that. Penta then continued on his wreckfest too, because he hit planches, a spinning leg drop, and a backstabber. I couldn't help it. I thought, man, if he did that literally, well, he'd be going to jail too. It was then that the masked man decided he was gonna break Cassidy's arms. And I was so confused. I was like, well, how's he gonna do that? Because pieces of fruit don't have limbs when they just went Canadian destroy crazy. It's like, you give me one and I'll give you one and me give you one and I'll give you one. And of course the internet is super duper mad about this. Apparently wrestling's in the toilet and it's never going to come back. I tell you, I don't care. It entertained me mostly because I have real problems. Penta then countered a beach break right into the Maiden Penta, which was wonderful. And then when he was going for another one, all of a sudden Orange Cassidy hit the beach break. But I think we kind of pissed Penta off here because he went and did the fear factor on the ring apron. And I tell you, the reason I'm covering my eyes right now is because this is how I watched it. Like it was some kind of horror film. This looked absolutely horrendous. It also led to an amazing near fall because the ref went one, the ref went two. And just as he was about to hit three, Orange grabbed the bottom rope. And I'm sorry, that was it. I was like, he's a hero. Somebody give him Lois Lane. We also then made it clear that Penta was continually going after Orange Cassidy's arm and he did the break spot. And you just know that is going to tie into the weekend. John Moxley is like a shark with these things and he's going to go for blood. I mean on himself but that's not the point. He also hit another fear factor but Orange kicked out and that was absolutely wonderful too and Penta was so stunned by this Orange Cassidy realised wait a minute I know what I can do and he hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and he got the three and I tell you I love that he has made the surprise roll up like his special manoeuvre because it makes all the sense in the world. Bring down the counter, goes up by one. Just to really show that we may be about to go fruit crazy as two, Orange Cassidy asked for a microphone after this. I was like, I don't think this has ever happened before. He sold the angle massively too, because of course he's hurt, he's beat up and he's tired, but he cares about this international title, especially because here in AEW, he can be the professional wrestler he always wants to be. Because before All Elite Wrestling, he was told he was too small, he was told he was too different, and now look at him, right in the way. He then finished by saying that Moxley better bring more than a fork when it comes to All Out, because he's Orange Cassidy and he doesn't have a catchphrase. Now, one, that made me laugh out loud. Two, that's actually a really good catchphrase. And three, if he needs another saying, he could just go, Fruity Mascoot wants to poop the poop. You can have that one for free. Moxie was clearly livid that he didn't have a proper catchphrase, so he marched to the ring and he stared at Orange Cassidy, who stared back at John Moxley. As we know, when you do do that in professional wrestling, Things are about to get serious. All of this was brilliant though, and if Cassidy does lose on Sunday, we should use that as a stepping off platform to move him up into the tippity top tier. I made a video in 2019 where I said that one day Orange Cassidy should be the AEW World Champion, and I'm standing by it right now. It doesn't have to be 2023, it should probably be 2024, but this guy is what wrestling is all about. He is one of AEW's MVPs. I love him. This is absolutely 
getting it up. Which did indeed bring us to the end of Dynamite. And yes, something that people have been asking me on the internet is, Simon, I don't think the build to All Out is very good, and I don't like the match card. Now, here's the thing. I suppose we could give that a down, but I need to see this pay-per-view first. We do not know what is going to happen. I do admit it doesn't feel as exciting as All Outs have done in the past, but there's still some absolute bangers on there. Let's just wait and see. So overall, I am going to give this episode of Dynamite an up. And once again, we'll see where we are in seven days. But before that, make sure you like the video, share the video and subscribe. Make sure you click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs for Raw. Cross those streams, they always do say. Please excuse the fact that I continue to lose my voice. It's actually not from screaming at Wembley. I had a couple of wrestling matches over that weekend and somebody clobbered me right in the neck and the swelling is pushing on my vocal cords. So... <laughs> That's the thing. What a loser I am. See you soon.